to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. What the world needs now is more good neighbors. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. According to scripture, being a good neighbor is not about not playing loud music after 9 p.m. or keeping your grass cut. Leviticus gives us Jehovah's definition of what makes his people good neighbors. Let's talk about it. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We want to send a big shout out to our listeners in Texas and Maryland. Also, on May the 1st, Red Pill Tour will be broadcast on urban gospel radio stations in Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and parts of Pennsylvania. If you're in any of those areas, listeners, please listen out at 9.30 a.m. on Sundays. Let us know what that you've heard the program, and please be praying for us. Amen. So the Torah readings are still in Leviticus. There's so much goodness in this book, we want to keep talking about it. Leviticus gives us practical instructions for living holy, set-apart lives. Please join us in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. But before we go there, let's look at verse 3. It says, Every one of you is to revere his father and mother, and you are to keep my Shabbats. I am Yehovah your Elohim. When's the last time you did something to show respect for your father and mother? It doesn't matter if you agree with them or not. It just matters that you respect them. In like manner, you must show respect to your heavenly Father by keeping His Shabbats, His chosen, set-apart times. Why? Because He is Yehovah, your Elohim. If He is not Yehovah, your Elohim, email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. We'll be happy to introduce you to Him. Leviticus chapter 19, starting at verse 9, says, When you harvest the ripe crops produced in your land, don't harvest all the way to the corners of your field, and don't gather the ears of grain left by the harvesters. Likewise, don't gather the grapes left on the vine or fallen on the ground after harvest. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am Jehovah your Elohim. Tim, in most Bibles, verse 9 and 10 are more like interpretations rather than strict translation from the Hebrew. Mm I think these verses are written this way to help us understand better what Elohim is instructing Israel to do. In ancient times, when crops were ready to be harvested, some of the produce would fall to the ground. That produce would have to be left on the ground or in the field. Also, Elohim instructed that the corners of the field were not to be harvested. The purpose of this instruction was to provide for the poor, the orphan, the widows, and the foreigners passing through. It served as a safety net and source of food to keep people from starving and preserving human life and dignity for the poor. In Ruth chapter 2 verse 2, we see Ruth speaking about going to glean corns or ears of corn in the field of Boaz. The Hebrew word used to refer to gleaning is lakat, which simply means to gather or collecting things. Mm. You know, the Hebrew word translated as glean in verse 10 is the word or verb alal, which means to act severely towards someone. It implies that the person 
acting severely, has a position of power or authority compared to the person being mistreated. This instruction is about more than caring for the poor. It's about not abusing power in relationships with others. Elohim grants the owner of a field the right to determine what to do with the crops grown on his or her own field. Still, he instructs the owner to not deal harshly with a person who has no rights to the field. Elohim places the burden of action on the field owner to leave provision for people who are in need. How do we apply that today? Well, how much of your budget is set aside to help people who are in need? Yehovah instructs us to purposefully leave provision for people who are in need. If you haven't already, we urge you to make room in your budget to share with people. As you do that, our Elohim takes it very personally. He promises to bless us as we provide for people who we help. Check out our episode number 79, Getting God's Attention. Moving on to verse 11, we read, Do not steal, defraud, or lie to each other. That's the 8th and ninth commandment. Do not swear by my name falsely, which would be profaning the name of your Elohim. I am Jehovah. By the way, that's the third commandment. Mm-hmm. This short instruction covers three of the 10th commandments. Yeshua repeated this instruction in Matthew chapter 19, verse 18, as he talked with a man who wanted eternal life. Sure did. You know, Miss, by the way, isn't it odd that when asked how to gain eternal life, Yeshua responded by saying, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments? He even proceeded to list some of them. If the commandments are done away with, when exactly did that happen? Surely the Messiah didn't give bad advice to this man. Never. Anyway, Leviticus 19 verse 12 is also a repeat from the Ten Commandments. The third commandment is in Exodus chapter 20 verse 7. It says, Don't take Yehovah's name in vain. Now, if you haven't already heard this one, check out our episode 30 called The Second and Third Commandments. In it, we describe the Hebrew meaning of taking the Father's name in vain. These statements are all interrelated. One who steals is defrauding someone of their rights to their own property. The thief would likely lie to cover up the theft. The thief may even swear by the holy name of Jehovah to cover up his theft. This instruction covers the entire progression that a thief would likely go through to get away with the crime. Verse 13 continues with, Do not oppress or rob your neighbor. Specifically, you are not to keep back the wages of a hired person all night until morning. Here again, we see Elohim forbidding people in authority to abuse their positions of power. The Torah has many instructions on how bosses in the workplace are to treat employees under their supervision. Fair and timely compensation is required by Elohim. Sure is. Verse 14 says, Do not speak a curse against a deaf person or place an obstacle in the way of a blind person. Rather, fear your Elohim. I am Yehovah. We are forbidden from purposefully giving bad advice and from taking advantage of people. From the reading, we can be sure that Elohim takes it personally when people commit this sin. That's why he said, instead of cursing a deaf person or tripping up a blind person, fear your Elohim. I am Yehovah. I agree, Daddy. These instructions are clear in a literal sense. They are also applicable in an abstract sense. 
If someone doesn't fully understand the implications of signing a contract to borrow money, for example, and you are a loan officer for the bank, it would be sin to you if you gloss over the risks to ensure you get a commission from closing this loan. We know that these types of sins are committed many times every hour of the day in this world. That is why the Messiah will return and do away with this world's systems. Can you guess what the law of the land will be when he returns to him? Uh, I think so. If you're thinking the Torah will be the law of the land, we agree with you. And so does the Bible. Reading this verse in context with the verses around it, we can infer that we are forbidden to speak curses to people who can hear and forbidden to put obstacles before people who could see them. Continuing on to verse 15, we read, Do not be unjust in judging. Show neither partiality to the poor nor deference to the mighty, but with justice judge your neighbor. The Torah values sedek, which means justice or righteousness, more highly than charity. If there is a dispute, the poor is not to have an advantage over the rich, or vice versa. Let the right thing be done, regardless of the peoples involved. If you haven't heard it, check out our podcast number 42, titled Justice, Justice. In that episode, we were so moved by the death of Mr. George Floyd that we were compelled to talk about what the Torah says about justice and righteousness. Verse 16 says, Do not go around spreading slander among your people, but also don't stand idly by when your neighbor's life is at stake. I am Yehovah. Clearly, he does not want gossip to happen among his people. The connection between gossip and life being in jeopardy is really important. The Hebrew people have a word for spreading slander. It is called Lashon Hara. It was the cause of Moshe or Moses' sister Miriam's leprosy in Numbers chapter 12. She and Aaron spoke evil things about Moshe because of his Ethiopian wife. Now here is the Hebrew people's take on why Lashon Hara is so dangerous. In Deuteronomy 19 and 15, the Torah teaches that one witness alone will not be sufficient to convict a person of any offense or sin of any kind. The matter will be established only if there are two or three witnesses testifying against him. Hebrew people believed that Hasatan, who we know as the devil or Satan, accuses righteous people before Elohim as much as he can. When one of us spreads Lashon Hara, we become a second witness against whoever Hasatan is accusing. Wow. We do not want to help Hasatan in any way. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to build up the brethren and to resist evil. We use our words to bless, not to curse. That's right. Verse 17 says, Do not hate your brother in your heart, but rebuke your neighbor frankly, so that you won't carry sin because of him. Elohim gives instructions regarding his people's heart condition, which only he can see. Yeshua did the same thing in Matthew chapter 5. He says in verse 21 and 22, You have heard that our fathers were told, Do not murder and that anyone who commits murder will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who nurses anger against his brother without a cause will be subject to judgment. Yeshua and his father are one. That also means that they teach the same things. Verse 18 says, Don't take vengeance on or bear a grudge against any of your people. Rather, love your neighbor as yourself. 
I am Yehovah. Taking vengeance is merely acting out a grudge that it's festering on the inside. Here again, we see Yehovah instructing his people about keeping their hearts right towards others. In Matthew 5, Yeshua was doing what his father had already done, connecting the outward behaviors to problems of the heart. Many Christians think that the instructions to love your neighbor as yourself was introduced in the New Testament. From these scriptures, we see that it's an Old Testament instruction given by the Father. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and think that the instructions in Leviticus are old, outdated, or just for the Jews so we don't have to worry about it? Or would you take the red pill and see that Yehovah's instructions are for our good and relevant for today? Only you can answer that question. In John 13, verse 35, Yeshua said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for each other. What we read in Leviticus simply gives us specific examples and instructions on how to show the love Yeshua mentioned. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared and talk about it with family and friends. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth. truth.